Hidden in the depths of the mind is a secret tomb where knowledge, fear, mystery, and a macabre sense of enjoyment is held. Each corner is resplendent with its own curiosities, and each curiosity appeals to a different soul. You're listening to The Crypt of the Unknown, a podcast that discusses the realms of the horrific and the fantastic in print, games, or on the screen. And now, introducing you to the Guardians of the Crypt... Your tour guides, Hira Webb and Stefan J.D. Greetings, weary travelers, to the Crypt of the Unknown, a podcast where we discuss the horrific and fantastic in all forms of media. I am the Critical Android, and joining me for this spooktacular Halloween-based episode is my friend and colleague. He isn't scared, and he's certainly not stupid. It's Stefan J.D. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, we are going to be talking about Ernest Scared Stupid, a <laughs> 1990s movie that um was not my pick, <laughs> but an interesting one to say the least. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is the fourth Ernest movie. Uh, the first one was the uh, classic Ernest Goes to Camp, which was then followed by I think Ernest goes to jail, and then Ernest saves Christmas. And now we're at Ernest Scared Stupid, the Halloween-based one. Mm-hmm. For those of you who, who may not know, and I hope that's not very many of you, uh, but Ernest P. Worrell was a character created by Jim Varney that was originally used in a series of regional advertisements that then got turned into an actual, like, character that was shown on television nationally, and then they gave him movies. <laughs> Yeah, Jim Varney, who apparently is a serious actor who did, like, actual Shakespeare, like, stage play and his summer stock. So he's like a consummate actor that somehow got stuck in this goofy-ass role. (laughs) Well, I mean, it happens sometimes where people get stuck in things like this. Mm -hmm. He was apparently, from from all means, from what I've heard, a very nice and wonderful person. Passed away back in 2000. He died of complications of, I believe, lung cancer. Yeah, he had developed a cough. He was a he was a smoker, and that cough, as many times turns into with smokers, it went from from just uh, seeming like a cough to to cancer, and he passed away. But his varied career, mostly involving Ernest, though, was what he's he's known for. And I should know uh, by the way, Ernest Saves Christmas came before Ernest Goes to Jail. It was Camp Christmas Jail, and then Stupid, and then later on Felon. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of a different one. Maybe that was one of the Medea movies. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ernest would later go on to be in Ernest Rides Again, Ernest Goes to School, Slam Dunk Ernest, Ernest Goes to Africa, and finally Ernest in the Army in 1998, which was the last Ernest movie. Oh, wow. Man, there was a lot more than I thought. I, I think this is the one I saw the most, though. I don't think I really actually saw any of the other Ernest movies. This was the one that was watched the most in my household. Mm-hmm. And this was, I, I think it came out in 91, so I was... It did, yes. Yeah, like five, four, five, six, or something when I saw this. So I have not seen it since then. This was a blast from the past. So I, I, I kind of appreciate that you picked it for that reason, because I was like, wow, I have not seen this one in forever. <laughs> Surprised I had any memories of it at all. Well, the other fun part about... Ernest, in in terms of Var- Varney's characterization of him, you remember the the Nutty Professor where Eddie Murphy was playing all the different roles for the family in um like the of the Clump family. Yep, Ernest beat him to that in in a way because of all the multiple different characters that Ernest is playing as himself. Like whether it's Ernest or motherly grandmother or aunt figure that Ernest is playing. When he mm-hmm. changes characters, when he's describing things. But he goes into costume and has these different character and variations of Ernest that he goes into, which have come up in several of the movies, including in Ernest Saves Christmas. So, to give him credit, you know, Whirl, uh, or Varney put himself really deep into this character to bring out some fun with it. It took me a second to, like, 
put that picture of him changing into my mind from character to character, and it's like, so is this what the kid's seeing? He's seeing like the grandma <laughs> aesthetic over him, and then the Roman guy and all the other characters. It's like, is he saying that just because he's picking up on what he's going for and his voice and his acting, or are we supposed to believe that he dropped everything, changed into those clothes, said that one liner, and then changed back into some other clothes? And said another one. So I, it took me a second. I was like, don't try to think too hard about this. What are you doing? <laughs> Just accept it for what it is. Stop. Do not think too far into the Ernest P. Worrell character. Yeah. So I had to... I had to calm back down off this movie and just kind of, all right, he's off the pedal here. There's not supposed to be a whole lot of logic. It's supposed to be for fun and it's supposed to be for kids. So while I'm not five, six years old anymore, you know, it's I had to put that that mind back on that helmet, <laughs> so to speak. Well, we did have him appearing in, in this film, which was the Disney released because uh, this was through Touchstone entertainment which was the vision of disney at the time uh this is the last movie they did with him ernest rides again would be the last theatrical release for ernest films tanked terribly at the box office but this was the one that ernest gets stupid did not do very well and ultimately it ended up being the death knell for the the partnership that disney had with him for this and it feels very much like a 90s disney movie like the first 20 minutes of this movie oh my god it's just like him yelling rim shot like the whole time, it's just like rim shot, rim shot. I'm like, oh my god, who wrote this script? Just say dog or something, or change it up a little bit. Well, rim shot's <laughs> the name of his dog. For those who don't know, it, it's true, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just he says it so often, and that's kind of one of the things when you're writing is when if you're trying to have a character interact with another character all the time, you try to avoid using their name too many times. This happened also in um, Poltergeist 3, where every 30 seconds you literally hear the name Carol Ann. I think you hear it over 200 times in that movie. <laughs> well, And this is uh, definitely one of those cases. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, this movie actually has a, a unique start off to it for an Ernest film. This actually starts back in possibly around the 1800s, or the late 1800s, possibly. Yeah, I should say before we get into actual earnest, it is it is ultimately about this troll that the townspeople uh, kind of deal with in their own specific way. Now, I, I want to point out a couple things, though, about like this movie, because we recently reviewed Mars Attacks, a movie which we we gave a lot of gruff to it for mm -hmm. being a a very confused film in that it was going for that like, 50s kind of horror movie pastiche parody, while also trying to be, like, legitimately, like, funny and quirky. And it didn't really work too well from what we described. But with Ernest Scared Stupid, I'm going to give her credit for this. The film knows exactly what it wants to be. It wants to be a zany kind of stupid screwball comedy. This is true. It does not shy away from that uh, one little bit, especially when it comes to the ending, which we'll get to, but it's, it's, that's exactly on point of what it is. Now, the movie starts off, I actually like the opening title sequence. Yeah. I, I like the, 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 mu the music that it actually sets itself to. It's got a pretty decent theme. And I like how they incorporate these clips from old, like, 50s horror movies with these, like, weird facial reactions from Ernest using Worrell's, or using Varney's, I should say, instead of Worrell's, since it's Jim Varney's character, uh, the actor. But he's doing all these weird facial expressions and whatnot, but using, like, those old horror movie clips kind of helps you set the scene for what they're what they're doing they're going for here they're going for that kind of old b movie kind of a thing it was it was nice to have that actual opening because you can see that it's introducing you to the character he's a little over the top he's obviously scared uh, as such as the title reads and so it's kind of a nice opener actually and i do like the theme song i think actually that theme song might have been one of my favorite parts of the whole movie actually yeah, it actually it sticks with me in my mind years later. It's it's pretty well constructed that do 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 do. I wonder if it's copyrighted. We should play a little bit of that in this uh, the background during the ending theme or during the end of this show. Yeah, we, sh we should see that. Check it out. Yeah, it's it's actually pretty well done. Far better than the er an earnest movie deserves, to be honest with you, because <laughs> it has that right mix of there's. It has, like, a creepy kind of attention to it, but it also got this kind of quirky, like, 
comedic step to it as well. It almost like would have been perfect for something like a more mature version of Abbott and Costello meet the werewolf or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But we also get an older scene to like set up what what's going on with this movie. In that years ago, there was a troll named Trantor that was terrorizing this village and basically like consuming the souls of people and turning them into these kind of just wooden dolls and stealing their life force away from them. And so to try to stop this troll from doing this, it was it was going after children in particular, seeking children. So they bait the troll into capturing it in order to not defeat it because they can't defeat or kill this troll. They don't seem to know how to do that. So all they can do is try to capture it. And they bond it to a tree using, I guess, the life force of the tree. Or as they say, its roots will be its prison, which must never be disturbed. So, and this has origins in, in different mythologies, too. I mean, you see different pla- uh, things where trees are used for spiritual purposes and in different forms of, like, Wicca and nature-based pagan rituals. Trees are very important. So, use of this tree to bond the, the troll and, and bind it so that it can't seek, you know, more destruction uh, makes, makes sense. We, we get this context brought up to us in the form of a, a folklore report that's being done by a girl at this elementary school. And it's in this little town where Ernest is the trash collector. <laughs> Do you feel like that's a fitting job for him? Like, that, that would be something he would be doing? Well, I mean, he was already a camp counselor. Mm-hmm. And he was also Santa Claus, I believe. And he was also a prison inmate. So all things considered, yeah, I think it's a perfect job for him. I agree. Although he almost kills himself, and they have a little fun with it because he gets stuck in the trash compactor, which is where he's railing rimshot every two seconds. And they actually do a little bit of the uh, Star Wars uh, tribute in there where he's trying to hold, uh, hold the trash compactor open by putting things up against it and bracing it, which is fun, you know, although probably scary, I guess, in a way, because he could really be crushed to death and murdered. Well, I mean... <laughs> If Casey Jones was there on the outside to flip the lever, whoops! Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't kill Shredder. Yeah. I actually uh, saw a uh, Shredder statue at my comic store the other day, and I was like, how much is it? And they're like, oh, 90 bucks. I was like, well, how much for the uh, trash compactor? Where, where's that at? <laughs> like, it didn't come with that. I'm like, oh. We're going to acknowledge the fact that in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Casey Jones legitimately tried to kill somebody and then painted it off as an accident. <laughs> whoops. Whoops. My insurance doesn't cover whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ernest uh, somehow survives through magic, because of course magic is actually real in this world, uh, given mm-hmm. the given the troll. We, we get Halloween shenanigans with the kids, like there's a bunch of things going on, kids are being bullied, uh, they're trying to do a haunted house with these town bullies, like destroy the little house, and now they're like, ah, well, shit, now what do we do? And Ernest is going to be there to support them, and the kids are like, you know, we need to build a tree house. And Ernest's like, that's right, gotta get the high ground. <laughs> you know, I, I'll give credit to the kids, because they're, you know, they're okay actors for the most part, although in some scenes, you can notice that they're looking at, uh, the technical term is the blocking in the scene. So they're looking for their spots on the floor to where they need they know they need to jump to for the camera. And it's kind of funny, you know, but it doesn't take you out of it. It's just like, ah, you know, kids being kids in a Hollywood movie. Yeah, all things considered, I think you're 100% right. These these child actors are not terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually try really hard. And actually, as the movie goes along, I don't know how they shot this or, you know, in what way, but some scenes, they actually nail it pretty hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by that. And it does look like they're having a genuinely good time on set as well. Yeah, especially when they get to the treehouse, which it doesn't specifically say because it's like a time lapse. Like it just shows like scene, 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 scene real quick. And you just don't know how long they took to build it. But it's this huge ass tree out in the dark woods, the dark forest, which is where, as everyone would guess, the troll, the master sword. The tree. Yeah, the master sword. <laughs> that one's in the dark forest. <laughs> that's what's in the dark woods right yeah exactly you have to go like up 
up up left right or whatever it is uh, in order to get through the forest mm-hmm. uh, and then they they get to the tree and like you said they built this this massive fort which is unrealistically well done for for kids in a, <laughs> a garbage collector and they are warned by uh my favorite character in the movie not to go in there and her name is old lady hagborn ah uh, yes played <laughs> by eartha kit who is hamming it up deliciously Oh, man, she kills it in this movie. I love her. Uh, not just because she was Catwoman, either, on the old Batman serial. No, I mean, she was great in that, too, but give I gotta give Earth uh, credit here. She's given this, like, just ridiculous part in a ridiculous movie, and she knows it. So what does she do? She just has fun with it by playing it up to 11. Yeah, she's right there with Ernest and uh, how they both portray the characters. Uh, she... I don't know if she ever did any voice work, but God, her voice is awesome. She should have, she should have went that route if she needed some work because I, I've always admired her voice for some reason. I don't know what it is. It's just very enticing to listen to. She's wearing her flee this evil place, flee. Yeah, flee. <laughs> so yeah, when they when they build the treehouse, uh, this is weird because the bully kids in the movie they're called the Murdochs. And absolutely, there's absolutely no reason why they should know the kids are out there building a treehouse, but somehow they end up following the kids to the dark forest. It's absolutely not explained in any way. The kids, <laughs> this part's just ridiculous. They just start shooting pizzas at them. Pizzas and cans of, like, dog food. Yeah, cans of dog food from guns in the treehouse, because you gotta have the high ground. <laughs> well, Ernest does explain <laughs> that... The importance here, based off of a conflict between the Ottoman Empire and the country of Botswana. Which, (laughs) just to find out, to make sure, I did look online to see if there was a conflict between the Ottoman Empire and Botswana. Mm -hmm. There was a... Sure enough, I did find some links to it. All of which led back to Ernest's description of of the conflict. (laughs) So, no, I don't think there was actually a conflict. Oh, wow. Yeah, they... (laughs) That's, I'm surprised about that. All right. Well, old lady Hagborn warns Ernest as he heads back because he leaves for a while and then he heads back and he's like, oh, you guys took out the Murdochs. Good job, you know? And he's like, oh, by the way, old lady Hagborn told me that these are some words that I shouldn't say because there's a troll living under here. And he says, yay, I call the fourth Trantor. And he's like, just like that. And sure enough, that's all it took to get the troll to wake up. But now, here's here's what I'm thinking, because I, I didn't think of this to begin with. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why old lady Eartha had, old lady, how, how, I'm trying to get, I want to see the spelling of her name here. They have it as hack more. Oh. Not that I think it matters. Old lady Eartha, Eartha Kit. That just sounds mean if I called her old lady Eartha Kit. I'm sorry, Eartha, wherever <laughs> you are. You, you deserve better than that. Well, I, I feel bad now that I got her name wrong. I thought it was Hagborn. That's what I kept hearing. God, looking at old pictures of her, she was a, she was a beauty in, in so many ways. Not that, that, just that singing voice of hers being so amazing and just the, the grace and personality that she had, the, the charisma. Very rare to see that kind of screen presence where she just owned a scene just by being there. Yeah. But anyway, here's, here's a thought. One of the reasons why she's kind of gone partially crazy, mad, however you want to put it, is because the victims of Trantor's first rampage, or his last rampage before being confined, were her family members, her younger brothers and sisters. And they got turned into wooden dolls and sealed away. And it's it's terrifying what she must have gone through. Such a, a horrible, terrifying, otherworldly experience. So, is it possible... That she deliberately, but stealthily, manipulated Ernest into waking up the troll in hopes that if he did do it, they'd be able to kill it so she could get her family back. It's a possibility. In the end, <laughs> I should say real quickly, when Ernest does wake up the troll, okay, because there are parts in this movie that are genuinely funny. And I do think you're right about that theory, Web. And I'm going to get back to it. Okay, cool. I just want to say when... He does wake up the troll, and the troll comes out of the tree. Ernest gets scared. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing he says is, boy, I sure hope you're from Keebler. (laughs) 
That's right. I just started laughing so hard. That was a good line. Yeah, that was, and he did it so good into the delivery. But uh, but it's, yes, it's also a good line too. Speaking of funny ones, when he goes back to old lady Hackmore, and <laughs> she says, "Ernest, it's got to be you to have to feed this troll." And Ernest's like, "I can't do it. This is yo, know, it's moment of truth. Stand and deliver. End of the line." Eighth level Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that's the other one. Eighth level Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, give him credit. This is one of the things I actually give him a lot of credit for, uh, for whoever wrote that line. A lot of times when video games are represented in media, they terribly represent them. Like, they don't say anything right about them. Um, like, whenever you see kids playing video games, they're always like, you know, they'll be holding an N64 controller, but playing, like, a PlayStation 2 game or something like that, or... Mm-hmm. He, there's generic bleeps and bloops that are not actual video game sound effects. So somebody who wrote this knew that, yeah, 8th level Mario Brothers is the final level and the hardest level in the game. Yeah. I mean, we should say it's 8th world, but it is the 8th level, basically. Yeah. 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 Glad they got that right, and I think that's why I laughed so hard at it, because I was like, wow, some real uh, truth uh, gaming honesty there, some real uh, cryptic stuff that nobody else might have gotten unless they were an actual gamer of the time. <laughs> or the other great line to uh, later on when Ernest is about to give up until Rimshot starts like tugging on his leg, like saying, "No, we got to get going." And Ernest is right. You're right. I can't quit. I d- I never knew when to quit. Just ask my third grade teacher. Cutaway gag. Ernest is writing on the blackboard behind this teacher. I never knew when to quit. I never know when to quit. And then the teacher goes, "He never knew when to quit." And Ernest starts scre- uh, putting his nails on the blackboard. She just backhands him. <laughs> and it comes back twice in the movie too. Yes, <laughs> he's like she's like he really knew never when to quit. Smack. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's one of the greatest, some of the greatest lines of this movie, and they were genuinely hilarious. You know, and going back to them, I was like, wow, I'm actually getting a kick out of some of this, especially those uh, having good comedic timing. I also like there's a great, uh, unexpectedly good chase sequence. That happens between Trantor and Ernest in the truck when he's having rim, sh- rim shot doing the driving. <laughs> rim shot, <laughs> take the wheel. <laughs> and, and you get the you get the troll trying to stab through the roof of the the truck to get at Ernest. And Ernest goes back up to fight the troll and ends off pushing Trantor off the back of the truck. Um, but Trantor gets hooked on like a, a rope that Ernest had in the back of his pickup. So unfortunately, it's attached to the truck to where. Trantor is actually pulling the truck back towards him, even though they've got it, and Ernest is trying to do the horsepower calculations on his hands. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to pull it away, and then he gets the great idea. It's like, Ribshot, put it in reverse. And they <laughs> back up, and it works. They back up over the troll. It's like, that was actually smart thinking from Ernest. Just very quickly, bam. And he has that, that line of, how about a bumper sandwich, booger lips? Does he always call him like, something like booger snot or snot nose or something? Yeah, <laughs> Comparing the the uh, the sprouts that are growing that are the the trolls, there uh, he compares them to Brussels sprouts. Yeah, yeah, Brussels sprouts. Uh, but what did you think, by the way? Because you're you're well, you and I both agree with about how practical effects are versus special effects. But what did you think about Trantor as a as a costume? I think for the most part it works, but only because of the way they used it. I think if they went a little bit further and had him doing more sort of action outside of what they used him for, then it could have got a little hokey, a little go- a little too goofy, even for this movie. But it he needed to be something scary, which I think succeeded. And I, I do remember as a kid being a little little frightened by him. I, I do be- agree with you that it is, to a small degree, a little scary. And I actually think that this costume is far better than what this movie deserves, all things considered. Oh, yeah. Especially as uh, later on his transformation. Yeah, that transformation, just making that costume a bit more grotesque, actually worked pretty damn well. Yeah, it looked gross. Honestly, I was like, oh, God. But uh, yeah, this is this is all. And we should mention at the beginning, too, Ernest already has some sort of relationship with the sheriff of the town. And one of the kids he's hanging out with, if I'm remembering correctly, is the kid of the sheriff. Yes. And uh <laughs> He goes to the sheriff and he's like, Sheriff, Sheriff, I've I've woken up the troll. We got to go take it out because it's going to be after the kids. I think he knows at that point because of 
Hackmore. Yeah, everything that she said about it. He, the sheriff doesn't believe him, of course, and he's like, Ernest, pinch yourself. He's like, you're dreaming. And he pinches himself, he's like, ah, that really hurt, I'm not dreaming. <laughs> Just slowly closes the door on him. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, it's nice to see that, you know, kind of some of the things that happened a lot in older movies like this, and this is one of those tropes, is that the sheriff of the town never believes what's going on. Right. And it happened in, like, Return of the Living Dead, Part 2. It happened in Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There's always that, that trope of this time, that it's a small town, the sheriff doesn't believe him, finds out the hard way you, most of the time. In this case, he kind of does, but he doesn't bite the dust. Right. And to, to everybody's fairness, though, when Trantor ends up showing up at the school later on, because he needs to claim more souls in order to be able to, like, I guess, harvest enough souls to have the energy to produce more trolls. They they quickly believe Ernest afterwards, realizing that, shit, this got real. This is, you know, Ernest was right the entire time. Mm -hmm. So they do quickly turn to Ernest's side once they have tangible proof. But <laughs> unfortunately, Ernest, when he was looking through that book for how to defeat the troll because the pages were stuck together... As M I, it's like uh, the unconditional love, the heart of a child, or mothers, and then it's like M I something K, M I something K, authentic Bulgarian Miak. <laughs> it later comes up and finds a bottle of Miak. <laughs> Even so, and he goes, "I know what can defeat you." <laughs> and he pulls out Miak, and even the <laughs> troll just looks at us going Miak. <laughs> Very confused. <laughs> I bet you, didn't, you didn't think I found any this time of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually kind of cool that, that that was the thing. I thought that was a unique uh, idea that what kills the trolls is milk. <laughs> Other otherwise known as Miak in this movie. <laughs> Miak. <laughs> uh, oh, and <laughs> when Ernest does think it's a troll, he goes to that shop to buy things from those basically con artists. Oh, yeah. But they, I love they're making this commercial. And it's like, guy comes up to me and asks me, do you have something I can buy for, for this price? And I said to him, does a fat puppy hate fast cars? <laughs> <laughs> I just like how they, they upsell to him, too. They're like, uh, troll gloves. You're going to need these. thirteen fifty four or something. You know, thirteen ninety nine. <laughs> troll trap. fifty four ninety nine. Altogether, that'll be... 1,100 blah 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 dollars. I'm like, he's like, alright, I'll buy it. Is this, this trollway spray supposed to work? Does a one-legged duck swim in a circle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that was an interesting scene because usually you don't see that sort of thing and I don't think I've ever seen that sort of scene in a movie. Uh, I, I just enjoy the, the bad jokes, complete with an actual rim shot. It's mm -hmm. like the one, like the other con artist, like on the drums, but um, <laughs> yeah. This is that the kids actually too in this movie. They go full uh, like zombies ate my neighbors almost because in that video game, you know, the kids use squirt guns to take out the zombies, and in this game they use squirt guns, which were very popular back then. Believe it or not, I really wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> but they they use milk in them to shoot at the trolls because. The creepy part, as you've mentioned earlier, Webb, is that the trolls are trying, or well, the troll is trying to get children's souls and their power, and he turns them into wood. And one of the cool things that I liked about the set pieces when they, when he goes to the woods with the kids' spirits, basically, and now they're these wood statues, is there's just this one tree that he reaches into, and he has these like uh, relic stands just sitting there. And he puts each kid inside of a relic stand. And I actually thought that was pretty, pretty neat little thing they did. Yeah, it, it really adds to kind of the creep factor of this in terms of Trantor's power, how he has things. He actually has a plan. And his plan is just like, you know, to survive and propagate. So it's, you know, it's, it's a plan of survival, really. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is, the, uh, is our villain's motivation simplistic? Yes, but is it actually discernible and understandable? It is also discernible and understandable, yes. Yeah, and one of the things that's even better about that is he actually succeeds in doing it. 
And he starts bringing little baby trolls to life. Yeah, which leads to a a, a large-scale encounter between the useless adults and <laughs> Ernest and the kids <laughs> fighting these trolls. Uh, the, <laughs> Ernest does try to drop a bowling ball on the whole on the head of one of the trolls, only to knock out some poor guy in a bumblebee costume. <laughs> and he's like, nailed it! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that guy's probably dead. Yeah. And this whole thing's going on, this whole, like, bonanza, it gets so Scooby-Doo that Ernest gets chased around a tree for a second by a couple, uh, <laughs> a couple trolls, and he's he jumps through the middle of it, and then they both go around and smack into each other, and he's like, ah, I'll outsmart you. <laughs> Get back up and chase him again. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, that old Scooby-Doo humor. Well, it is a kid's movie, and those kind of chase sequences thrown in there, are, again, the movie makes no qualms about what it's trying to be. It is it is totally going for that throwaway uh, kind of horror kid's movie, even though like, I think it aims a bit, yeah, unintentionally maybe, I don't know, but it, it aims a bit higher in terms of, like, there's some of these things that are creepier than they should be for where this film was aiming for. Yes, the actual trolls do look a little bit on the morbid side. thought they did fantastic work with those extra costumes, though. It's clear that they focused on the main troll, but the rest of them still look pretty good. Oh, <laughs> especially, which this probably wouldn't be in a kid's movie, but when the kids actually do use mother's milk, they use the milk on the trolls and they die. It literally looks like if anyone's ever played Doom... Those piles of blood mm. after you blow something away, it literally looked like that. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, it looks like Doom. Kind of, yeah, in a way it does. Yeah, those Doom blood piles. But I don't know, maybe my head's just messed up because <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of. One of the slapstick humor things, one of the more slapstick that I think did work, and we're coming back to the sheriff who is now handcuffed to his own car, is these trolls take the bullets from his gun and one of them swallows the bullets while another troll gets this huge, like, bam-bam stick and just <laughs> hits, him. Hits, hits him over the head, and the bullets just shoot out <laughs> <laughs> at the sheriff. It, it is kind of clever in, a, in its own, like, morbid way that it does that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, it was a Magnum three fifty seven or something, so they, they threw six bullets in there. But this thing goes on for like 30 bullets later. <laughs> He's still doing it. It's hilarious. The kids, somehow they've also been able to invent drone technology like three decades before it became commercially available for most people. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. Yep. Because they, they have a little like remote helicopter drone thing that actually deploys milk out of these cow printed milk uh, mailboxes that they have attached to the thing. Mm-hmm. Which somehow was already there <laughs> before they got there. Yeah, they got yeah. The, the milk theme in advance. They were planning. It was foreshadowing is what it was. It's clever, <laughs> clever screenwriting. They just thought, hey, what if we're thirsty later? We don't feel like climbing up here. Well, <laughs> we got a drone filled with milk. Yep. <laughs> so they go all out with it. And it's it's a goofy scene. It's a, it's a set piece of the movie in terms of like, Kid, it's kid wish fulfillment. Uh, the idea that kids are empowered to be able to to take care of a problem, and then you know they they walk through the sewers and they defeat the clown, and then they come back and they're under the protection of the turtle god, but they're starting to lose their way, so they'll have to have like a, a gangbang sex orgy. Um, <laughs> oh no, wait, that's I... Stephen King's it. <laughs> well, I was gonna say uh, Rimshot did sound like a sexual favor of some sort. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> no, that's not what happened. <laughs> but, no, it's 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 just it, it's lighthearted fun for what it is for the most part. You know, kids getting their souls devoured, turned to wooden dolls. You have the the fun kind of a family film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no child sex orgy. No, whatsoever. No. Save that for Stephen King and It Part One. Yep, where they all float. <laughs> Thank you, Tim Curry. <laughs> You're welcome. Do they float? Oh, yes, Georgie. <laughs> and when you're down here, you'll float 
two. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But yeah, it's, you know, as we said, the kids use the milk. The trolls all uh, burst into doom piles of blood. <laughs> and um, what's the main troll's name again? Tricktron. <laughs> Tricktron. Tricktron. Tra- tractor, tractor guy. <laughs> I think you're wrong with Tricktron. I think that's a Pokemon. <laughs> Tricktron, <laughs> I choose you. <laughs> Use mother's milk. <laughs> it's self-destructed. <laughs> Damn it. But uh, <laughs> you summon old lady Hackmore. Flay the same old place. Flay! <laughs> Rim shot. <laughs> that's what that's what Final Fantasy is missing. It's missing Ernest Scared Stupid Summons. That's true. <laughs> it's, it's Trantor. Trantor is the name of the troll, goddammit. Trantor. I'm sorry, everyone. Trantor? Which actually does sound like a Pokemon, too. Trantor, <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> Calling up. Calling up whoever owns Pokemon. <laughs> I think it's Nintendo, but... <laughs> it is Nintendo and Game Freak, yes. Yes. Anyway, as we're trying to get to this fucking ending here... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There's so many... But, see, that's the thing. Ernest Scared Stupid is so rich and deep in lore. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. Never mind. <laughs> Maybe if I had alcohol... <laughs> No, there's not enough alcohol in the world to make this movie <laughs> rich in content and lore. Oh, man. Yeah, so Trantor basically evolves. He gets his wish. He does the thing. He looks ugly. He looks more hideous, which, again, going back to those creature effects, he does actually look fuck like it looks awful. It looks gross. And he's got like all these horns and all these little like uh, tentacles growing out of him. And it comes down to just Ernest fighting with him, and Ernest is holding a thing of milk, and Trantor tells him, you know, that's not, won't work on me anymore, and he's like, ah, just you wait. And uh, Trantor summons all this fire around both of them, so they're kind of like in this fire ring, while the townspeople are yelling at Ernest to throw the milk. Are you telling me that Trantor fell into a, a burning ring of fire? Yeah, <laughs> a burning ring of fire... Yes. Okay, just want to make sure. <laughs> but he does give it one of the like, the badass film line. I've grown too strong for milk. <laughs> Whatever. That was a good line, actually. Isn't that isn't that what Mike Myers says to Lori uh, Strode right before he tries to kill her? <laughs> now you know what he says. What? That's what he says. <laughs> because <laughs> he never talks right? yeah. <laughs> oh man we, man we we talked about doing an impressions video once where we just do like famous impressions at some point I was going to be like alright and now I can do one of Jason Voorhees <laughs> silence <laughs> uh, but yeah so ring of fire we are never going to finish this fucking video <laughs> Ring of Fire. I forget the guy's name now already. God damn it. Voltron. Trogdor. Trandor. Tractor. Thanatos. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Tim Curry. It doesn't matter (laughs) at this point. So then Tim Curry starts dancing with Ernest. (laughs) Yes. And they're about to go into battle. When Ernest thinks about it, and uh, Hackmore's there whispering it almost like, believe in it, Ernest. Remember what I told you? And he says, oh, yeah, unconditional love. That's what will defeat it. So what does Ernest do, Webb? He decides to pay the rent, Colette. <laughs> pay the rent, Colette. <laughs> he does not do that. No, he he decides to give up trying to use the milk uh, <laughs> and, and doesn't want to try to attack and be aggressive. So he just goes in to hug the troll and starts dancing. He starts dancing with it, and he smooches it, I too, I think at one point, right? He does, he kisses it. You, I did not see this ending coming, by the way. <laughs> I don't think anyone did. I don't even think the screenwriter saw it coming. No. I wonder if Jim Varney just did it right on the right on the spot. He's like, you know what? I got a good idea. Well, I mean, Jim Varney was known for his uh, his dramatic improv. 
That's true. And he does pull it off in this scene, that's for sure. <laughs> I, if you go and look up top 100 improv actors of all time on IMDb, Jim Varney is like number number three, right behind Robert Downey Jr. and uh, uh, Craig T. Nelson. I was going to say, because this movie really is like, the well, these Ernest movies are really like the original Medea movies or all these impressions he's doing in like one scene are really like the Jim Carrey skit impression, like run through. It's, it's really all that thrown together in my mind's eye. In some ways. Yeah. I mean, it, it, he did take on unique characters. Uh, a lot of them just various shades of, of weird and, and idiotic, but he does this, that whatever that lady is, who I don't know what the name of uh, the character is, but she always talks like this, and uh, he he just plays that part very well. Kind of reminds me of my Aunt Jane who passed away. Oh, wow, okay. Just that kind of a nasal quality to the voice. And then even at the end when they're trying to kill the last couple trolls, Kid takes on that characterization. He's like, never send a man in to do a woman's work. And they, she ends up killing the rest of the trolls. But Ernest decides to finish this one off himself with a kiss, which causes the troll to explode. Yeah. <laughs> Which would later be the, the inspiration for Sonya Blade's kiss of death in Mortal Kombat. Of course. It was ripped directly from this film. Ed Boon, big fan of Ernest Gersleyfit. The next DLC pack will be Ermac. <laughs> It'll be Ermac, Striker, and then... <laughs> Trantor. Trantor. <laughs> uh, everybody was pulling for somebody else. Like, we want Molina in Mortal Kombat. Ed Boon's like, nope, fucking Trantor from <laughs> Scared Stupid. <laughs> Big fan. Don't understand. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, man. On a real note, though, it should be Ash Williams. But anyway. It should be, but yes. Yeah. Moving along. Um,. What is it? What is it that happens? Because I remember the like the rest of the townspeople, the kids come back and they all start hugging each other. And then Ernest says, well, it's there's no one for me. And then and then I forget the ending, actually. Uh, well, Rimshot, we spoiler alert, by the way, if you're listening this far, I don't know why you're still listening, but <laughs> you are. <laughs> Rimshot had got turned into a, a wooden doll previously by Trantor and Ernest was devastated by it. But then. You know, he, he realized that, you know, he's got to kill this troll. Like, he's adamant that this troll has to die. And he even says someone with a runny nose has got to die. Referring to Trantor, not some kid with a sinus infection. Hmm. Now, that would be kind of funny if that's what Aaron was referring to. But no, he's referring to Trantor. So, he's, Rimshot wasn't put into the tree with the rest of the kids that were brought back to life, including old lady Hackmore's, like, you know, family, who are now, like, very time out of place yes very uh it doesn't it's very weird yeah yeah they're brought back to life but they have not aged and they were previously alive back like you know when the old setting took place which would have been either late 1800s or very early 1900s depending on how old we're supposed to believe old lady hackmore is mm -hmm. but everybody is brought back to life except for rimshot because he wasn't in the tree but then all of a sudden, Rimshot comes running out, and he's brought back to life as well. And Ernest is just, like, they're holding Rimshot. They're happy to see each other again as the movie fades to black on that. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Hackmore just, like, kind of nods to the camera. She's like, well, I guess that's it. Yep. Which it was. <laughs> it was. And so, how long has it been since you've seen this movie? So let's see. I'm going to guess, honestly, I didn't see it past when I was four or five. So if it came out in 91, 92, four or five, then I was, see, that was like 20, 28, 29 years ago, which makes me feel really old. Wow. <laughs> yep. So we have to look at this from two perspectives. If we're looking at this movie from the perspective of, would this be a good film for kids? Versus how does it hold up as a movie overall if we're just looking at it critically? Um, well, you know what? In my mind, I think this movie, and people might get down on me for this, but I think, because the other movie's more loved, but I think this movie 
and Explorers are very much alike in that it is a movie for kids. There's uh, some sort of alien or monster. And you kind of have to go along with, you know, the things that aren't believable in it (laughs) as an adult, which really took me for a whirl at the beginning because I was like, okay, settle down into this. So as a kid, I remember enjoying it, but I don't remember enjoying it enough to watch it a million times. I think I probably watched it maybe once or twice. My favorite scenes, obviously, in the clubhouse, because every kid back then in the 90s wanted a clubhouse. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you felt the same way, Webb. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so, you know, going back to that, being a kid, I remember liking it. Um, Certainly watching it as an adult now, 20, 29 years later, I will still give it credit for its comedy. It genuinely made me laugh a couple times. The Mario line. uh, There's even one part we didn't mention where he hits himself on the door (laughs) as he's pulling it towards him when he's trying (laughs) to get back into the (laughs) garbage truck. And he did a good job with that. And that made me laugh, which usually comedy like that doesn't make me laugh. But he did because I think it was unexpected. So, you know, the comedy made it. It worked. And uh, the monster, the monster effects genuinely were gross. The monster looked cool. But outside of that and outside of uh, Hackmore, too, who, again, I loved her performance. Favorite character in the movie. Outside of that, I can't recommend it. And I, I don't think I would recommend it. Unless somebody was like, oh, I really want to watch something goofy kitty from the 90s, which would be I've never had that conversation. So I don't see it happening. I don't know. What about you, Webb? Let me ask you this. Uh, put it this way. Let's say you had the to spend an afternoon or evening with your nieces leading up to Halloween. Mm-hmm. And you had this movie as an option. Do you think that would it be a movie you'd enjoy watching with your nieces or do you think it'd be too scary for them? What do you think? I think it would be a good movie for them. You know how kids are, though. I don't I don't know if in the digital age today, if they would want to just turn on their tablets again and ignore it. But I think if they didn't have them and they were willing to sit down and watch a movie, they would have a good time. Because it is, after all, a kid's movie, and it, it does do a good job of that. Uh, that's where I fall, too. I think of the, from the perspective, if I were to sit down and watch this movie with my with my nieces, would they enjoy it? I think that they actually would. I might wait till they're like seven or eight because it's a little, a little bit too scary at parts, but I think an eight year old would have a good time with this movie. I I think that there are times where there's a lack of effort and energy put into kids movies, but I think this has a good amount of energy put into it with jokes that adults will get. I got to give credit, like you said, to Eartha Kitt, who's performing the hell out of this and also credit to Jim Varney, who is also giving it his obvious all with everything he's doing. Oh, yeah. So this isn't for lack of acting. And I will say, compared to some of the other... (laughs) Compared to Mars Attacks, which we covered, I would rather put this in and watch this again than Mars Attacks. Oh, man. So tough. (laughs) If we had the uh, cut edition that we talked about in the Mars Attacks episode, where it wasn't... It took out all the characters that didn't matter. Oh, yeah. And it just had the things I liked in it, then obviously Mars Attacks, but since we do not have that version, and we will not be cutting a movie of that, (laughs) I gotta give it to Ernest. I would go with this over Mars Attacks. I don't even know why I'm saying this, but it's the truth. It's just more... It it asks more of your attention, and it's just funny, and it's... There's something about it that's more enjoyable. Well, I think this is the way to put it. Imagine you have two people doing a gymnast routine. And one gymnast is doing a much more complica- complicated routine, and they botch the landing on it, and they just do not stick the landing. Mm. That's Mars Attacks. This mm-hmm. one, far less complicated of a routine, far more simple, but it nails the landing of it. Right. I think that's what ultimately seals the deal. Mars Attacks might have some things that, you know, kind of aim high. They aim high for it, but they miss with quite a few things. But Ernest Scared Stupid knows what it's shooting at for a target, and it consistently hits it for what it's doing. But it makes it more limited in its niche for what it's you know what it's going for. Uh, but for kids horror movies, I mean, is this going to be better than like Hocus Pocus? No, I think that one holds far more weight in memory in people's minds than this does. 
Oh, yeah. That's a classic right there. Yeah. Or would, you know, you put this above The Nightmare Before Christmas? No. Obviously Ooh. not. But would you put this above, like, oh, I don't know, most Disney Channel movie fair? Yeah, I totally would put this above most of that. Yeah. I, I just like the heart that it has, because that's one thing that these Ernest movies always had a lot of. They always had a good amount of heart put into it, largely because Jim Varney really wanted to bring this character to life in a fun way, and he, he succeeds. He succeeds. I guess what we're really basically asking is, have you taken the Mars Attacks Ernest Scared Stupid Challenge? Because if you haven't, <laughs> we have for you. So <laughs> You're welcome, America. You're welcome, yes. <laughs> this question that people were lingering over for so long can now be put to rest. <laughs> yes, we, we decided Ernest Scared Stupid is better than Mars Attacks. And I can't, I still can't believe I'm saying that, but it just really is. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun for what it is. And you can't always say the same thing with Mars Attacks being fun. If it were, like you said, if it were re-edited, cut down, cut out a lot of the ancillary stuff, would it be more fun? Yes, but it's hard to call a movie fun when you're just like, oh my god, why are we watching this part? This part means nothing. It's stupid. At least with Ernest, there's a consistent level of fun, even in some of the movies, like, rampant stupidity. Yes, and I would take, you know, ridiculous fun over expendable half, a movie that's half expendable. So, you know, maybe uh, people really, really will go back to this movie and let us know, because that, honestly, I'd like to hear people's thoughts on this. This is like a blast from the past. I think a lot of people forgot about it. Should it have been forgotten? I don't know. Let's hear your thoughts. We'd like to hear them, and you can express them in the YouTube comments or... If you are listening through podcasts and want to get a hold of one of us, you can contact me at CriticalAndroid on Twitter or email me at TheCriticalAndroid at gmail.com. Stephen, mm -hmm. how can they get a hold of you? And I am Cyberpunk Holiday on Instagram. All right. Come say hi. Yeah, and check out some of the artwork that's on the, the Instagram as well. Stefan's also been putting up some drawing videos on YouTube that you can find on Crypto the Unknown on YouTube. Obviously, those don't make for very good podcast material. So if you're listening to us on a podcasting network, uh, you're not going to find the drawing videos. But yeah, you can definitely find them on the YouTube channel. And then again, see some of uh, Stefan's artwork on, in, on Instagram. As for me, no real artwork, but you can always check out my Critical Android channel to watch me play different video games and podcasts about Frasier. If you're one of those horror fans who's like, man, I can't get enough of that Frasier. <laughs> yeah, go check it out. Yes. So, Stefan, thank you for being here with me, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for everyone listening. And from all of us here at Crypto the Unknown, for myself, Web the Critical Android, and Stefan JT, we really do sincerely thank you for listening. We will be with you again soon, but until then, the crypt is closed. Shot. <laughs> Free the same place. Free. <laughs>